Hello and welcome to season three, episode 15 of Dualistic Unity. I am ready to change the world, but not in that fucked up egotistical way, just simply through the recognition that I am the world. And so as I change and express things, the world changes as well. And as a part of that world, I will say that I am ready to change as well. I think that we've had more than enough evidence that stagnation doesn't help us. That fluidity, in fact, leads to insight, leads to intelligence, leads to a chance to express the limitless potential that we have. But that stagnation, although it might seem comfortable, is essentially just a slow death. So I'm very excited for change as well. Episode 15 of season three, this is getting really exciting. I do have a couple of announcements and then we will get to our guest, which I'm very excited about. Um, the first announcement of course is the community topics episode. We have had nine recorded so far. We're going on to 10 this week. If you haven't participated in this, then I do encourage you to join us on Discord or Patreon, suggest a topic or vote on the topic that we'll be covering from week to week. It's a great chance to get involved. And of course, if you have something that you'd like us to talk about, the community would love to hear about it so they can vote on it as well. And just because we don't cover it in one week doesn't mean we won't cover it in the weeks to follow because you can resubmit your ideas as we go along. Second announcement is that we have some new Patreon merch. We created a bunch of new swag for everybody who would like to own some Dualistic Unity items, uh, some stickers. There's a smaller version of the original sticker campaign that we did earlier in the year that is now available to tier two patrons. Uh, tier three gets two new hoodies and two new t-shirts in the first year that they follow us. Those hoodies and t-shirts weren't available before, so we're very excited to be able to upgrade that tier to reflect exactly how much we appreciate their generosity. The last announcement, of course, is that season four is coming up at the end of November. Season four is going to see a lot of new changes in that we are going to be doing this full time. This is going to be our official gig. We're going to be doing almost 20 hours of live shows and groups every week. So if you haven't had a chance to talk to us up until now, this is going to give you that opportunity. We're going to be doing this all the time because as Andrew said earlier, we're ready to change. We are the world and the best way to change that world is to connect with more of it, which means you. So that is our new ambition for season four. Season three has been all about collaboration and community. Season four is just going to build on that. So without any further ado and without any more announcements, I'm going to get to our guest. Our guest is Tim Chuzano. He is a husband, dad, an Emmy award-winning full-time corporate executive, a TikTok creator with over a thousand videos made in the last three years. He talks about growth, authenticity, empowerment, balance, and just the journey of being human. So we're very excited to have him on the show. Of course, Andrew actually already knows Tim. This is the first time I've had an opportunity to talk to Tim. So Tim, thank you for joining us. It's nice to have you here. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, as mentioned, the friendship with Andrew has been one of the best gifts of TikTok overall. And he's spoken very highly of you. And the Canadian accent makes me feel a bit more at home as well after having spent a few years up there. So uh, it's the perfect combo in my world. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this. And as you just mentioned, Tim and I have known each other for, I don't know, it's coming up on probably a year since mm -hmm. I came over for dinner that time. And, and yeah. before then even met in, met in the office. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a fun journey and I absolutely love your content. I think it really puts into play the, the applicability of a lot of the things that we talk about. And a lot of times people having this conversation, we'll get very caught up in the, in the concepts and, and 
arguing over, is this the right thing to say, or is that the right, the right thing to say? And Ray said it perfectly in the intro that when you stop taking action and, and sort of stagnate, it doesn't actually do anything beneficial for yourself or anyone else. And I think you probably take the most amount of action out of anyone that I've ever met in my entire life in terms of documenting your life. Um, so I guess for those listening, I would love to hear a little bit more about your content specifically, maybe a little bit about your decision to start documenting your life more and your at least a little bit about your journey as a content creator. It's funny to hear you say it that way because it was, I stumbled into all of this. It was really just, I'm kind of sick of Instagram. I felt a little judged there. I couldn't be as weird and free as I really wanted to, so to speak. And it was being, TikTok was being talked about a lot. A guy in particular named Gary Vaynerchuk was bringing it up often in conversations in late 2019. I'm like, ah, what the hell? Like, what's, what's the, what's the, I really had no, I had no intention other than let me learn because this seems like a smart space for me to wrap my head around a, cause I'm a marketer by profession, a marketer and a creative by profession. So at the very least, let's see what type of interesting edit tools, this you know, thing in your pocket now has. And when I got into it, it was just simply about digesting and trying to figure out what is this capable of? What do I even want to do with it? First of all, all I really wanted to do with it was have a safe place to do weird protein bar reviews and not get judged and check that box. It wasn't until probably like March of 2020 that I, and I don't even know really why I did it, but I did more of like an intro video that was somewhat of a, day in the life to a certain extent, because introducing myself largely means explaining who I am as a human being in the present moment and what my day is like, because I think that that's the easiest way for others to contextualize what you're bringing to the table from a content perspective. And it was more about just sizing up, this is what you could expect, because these are the specific things that I like to talk about. And I like to talk about these specific things because this is how my day flows. And when it did well, and by well, you know, very modest standards, 20,000, maybe 50,000 views, something along those lines. I was like, wow, that's wild. Like I never expected for that. If nothing else, I thought people would be like, cool, 42, you know, I think I was 42, 43 at the time. Like, great, thanks. And, uh, and kind of keep going. I had a sense maybe like the New York City thing might help out. And it was a very odd time too, because the, I was one of the very few people who was actually going to the office in the middle of the first wave of the pandemic. And still wild to hear you, Andrew, say like, what, at what point did I decide to document my life? Because I've never thought about it specifically that way. And I'm being a thousand percent honest. It is just, I have no content strategy. Capturing what I do on a daily basis just makes it a thousand times easier, in my opinion, because I, I've like a lot of people, and I've tried this, you say, okay, Tuesdays, I'm going to do this and Thursdays, I'm going to do this. And then it's a way to kind of bucket your ideas and the workflow but like, I can't, I, I, I fumble with it every time it feels forced. I've had other people come to me too, especially when I was just starting to see decent growth. And I literally had people reach out and say, Hey, it would make a lot more sense. I think it'd be a lot more enjoyable if you did X, Y, and Z. And it was cool because it was like outside people trying to coach me, so to speak. And I was totally open to the you know unsolicited help because I obviously was just fumbling through it on my own. 
And then I just got more comfortable with not having a plan or a strategy. And I feel like every time that I've tried to do something specific for a reason other than let me just get the ideas from my head out into this form as quickly as possible, because for me, that's a trick. The fresher the thing is that I saw and that I can replicate in my mind because of the way that the quote unquote story comes together in my head of, I just took this half eaten protein bar out of the garbage and it happened to be on, on top of another piece of broccoli. So it still kind of tasted like broccoli and like that type of very specific instance and being able to share that, even though it's super weird, but like kind of, you know, I think there's something humanizing to it as well. Like I, you know, catching myself in the moment, I'm like, I'm actually doing this right now. I am a thousand percent eating this protein bar out of the garbage and it actually tastes a little bit like broccoli but I don't care. I'm about to go run a super long distance. And I, I didn't want to like open something else. And I'm like, I think I threw away one last night that I probably could have kept eating, but it was kind of gross. And I'm like, but the, you know, it's like one of those, like something goes through your head so fast. So the ability to just kind of capture things. And then if nothing else, again, it's like, it does it wither in my brain before I can get it out? Because I'm like, I know that this is a fun potentially interesting moment, at least it's interesting to me. But then because work already was a 12 hour a day job, and I was already spending time on weekends shipping away at it as well. It really is a matter of just how quickly can I get to those things and get them out the door. So that's, that's kind of the journey in a nutshell. And I just continue to ask myself, can I do one more today? And do I at least have some semblance of workflow in progress that allows me to feel like I can continue to do it on an ongoing basis. And if I can check those boxes, uh, then it's cool. And I genuinely love the process too. That's the last thing I'll say about it. Like I genuinely love the thoughtfulness of, okay, I'm having this moment. How do I not interrupt it and still be able to capture it to a certain extent? Or I know this is going to happen. Can I plant my phone somewhere and then go grab it? And, you know, Andrew, I'm sure you, you know, if you can, uh, appreciate a lot of this based off of what you do as well. And it was cool. I spent the weekend with my, with my friend at his house on Long Island. And he was, uh, he commented a couple of times. He's like, I had no idea that you were just doing that. And like, I'd show him the clip later. So um, I think especially because phones are, you know, and to your what you say a lot, like nobody gives a fuck what you're doing. Right. So like, you can kind of run around playing things where a lot of times you're like, Oh, I shouldn't do this. It's going to be awkward. And I'm trying to get better at that as well. And you kind of mix all those things together. And it's just, wow, three years have gone by and I made a thousand of these things. How the hell did that happen? Yeah, I hear that for sure. We feel kind of the same way with dualistic unity. We just we just do it for the conversation. And all of a sudden we're in season three, almost in season four. And it just continues to evolve on its own because it's a self-refining process. But I was going to say from watching your content that one of the things that I've noticed is what you bring to the table in terms of your enthusiasm, like the clips that you choose, the way that they're shot, the tone of voice that you use, the enthusiasm of, of what you're talking about, and, and even the cadence of how you talk about it, it all comes across in a way that kind of reflects your own enthusiasm for your life, or at least it, it, that's the impression that I got from watching it. And I think that that is the defining factor. I think that the more you are able to be involved with what you're doing for your own reasons, as you said, it was important to me. This moment was important to me. That's all that I knew. And so I wanted to share it. That, that's important. That's what's coming across. It's not even so much the content, so much as the willingness to be the content, the willingness to be open and vulnerable and just show your daily life. So I really enjoy your content. I, I've been appreciating watching it for the last week or so, ever since Andrew said you were going to be coming on the show. 
and I encourage you to keep doing it, but it's just so funny how it progresses on its own. It becomes more of an art form that is natural rather than something that you have to keep practicing. It's just something you, you learn to enjoy doing. The more you learn that the reason you didn't enjoy doing was the judgment and all the stuff that, you, that made you resist or, or the stuff that made you want to plan ahead to begin with. I, I really enjoyed the point that you made there because I'm very much the same way. We actually had a guest on recently, uh, Mimi Stiles, who was mentioning that she had taken so many different paths in her life only to end up hitting that roadblock and having to pivot. And it's every time we build some structure into the future. It's every time we build that road to an end result. And then all of a sudden life gets in there and like, no, 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 that's not how this is going to go. And so it's, it's funny to me that sometimes people will say, well, why is it you say that every time we build a concept, we're in conflict with reality? It's that's why, because concepts are never reality. Something's going to shift and it's more than likely not going to be your state of mind. So you have to get ready for that. And I appreciate how much you bring that to the table. Awesome. No, thank you for saying that because you, you just had hit on two points that I think uh, uh, the three of us agree on a lot. And I think it's a matter of saying it in different ways so that broader audiences can understand it and appreciate it, which is one, the moment is all that matters. And if we can appreciate something as absolutely ridiculous as eating something out of the garbage or, you know, what you might see on the street in any given moment, you know, the life is not these like massive, you know, type of hallmark card moments. It's all of this other stuff. And when you thread it together and you just look at it in a certain way, then it's all magic. And to like, and that's, that's a huge part of what I hope comes across. And also to your point, that I have, no, I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> I have no idea, right? Like I, and I, and, and I'm, and I, I want to, I, as much as I don't plan, I would like to, I intend to talk about that more because I get so many questions, especially on the career side of things of how do I do this? How do I take that step? You know, where do I find the next great opportunity? I'm like the next great opportunity is whatever meeting you have next. Because that's an opportunity to just have a good conversation with the people around you. And for anybody that thinks like, oh, this you know, person has it figured out or he must have some sort of specific plan strategy. No, like, will I be at my company in a year? I don't know. Will I have this current job still? I don't know. Will I be doing God writing books and podcasts? No idea. Are all of these things possible? Maybe, but I kind of don't give a shit because I'm enjoying the moment. And when you kind of like just build in real time, um, then it's really fun. It's, it was really fun listening to some of your previous shows uh, while I've been running because there, there got to a point where a couple of times I'm like, it, it just, it makes sense in some of its broader, like in the broader context and the broader concepts you guys bring to the table. I'm like, okay, cool. So like, what's next? Like, what do we do? Like, how do we make any of this uh, uh, actionable. So I love how you guys are kind of chipping away at that because I do think that the it's just those moments that that matter the most, and everything else is you know totally irrelevant to a certain extent. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was that was all beautifully said, and it's so funny how to so many people, I'm sure, including myself, and being able to get to know you a little bit better. I know this isn't true, but it may seem to the external person who doesn't know you as well, maybe just sees your stuff. And you've been sharing this more that you have everything figured out and, and you just like, no, you, you got it all figured out. You have a wonderful wife, wonderful daughter, awesome job, creating content every day. And it's so funny because 
it's all rooted in the recognition that you have no fucking idea what you're doing, mm-hmm. like almost ever, but have just almost like become comfortable with that uncertainty. And that's really all it ever comes down to is the recognition that everything is always uncertain and that's okay. And, and that's the most beneficial thing I have recognized is that I don't know what's going to happen next week, next month, tomorrow. Like if you told me a year ago, I would be sitting in Costa Rica by myself in like a totally different country in Central America. I'd say unlikely, but you know, maybe I do kind of want to travel. So we'll see, but it's, uh, it's very fun to see it. And I think recognizing that you don't have to know and, and it's totally okay to not know and actually not knowing makes life so much more fun and so much more exciting as opposed to trying to hold on to this idea of the known. And I think what you were talking about before with content specifically, like thinking about structuring or or bucketing certain content, like do this type of video Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I always see that as cutting oneself off from the flow of reality because it's trying to like superimpose your opinion of the way things should be going or or you should be going. And I've always struggled with this a lot too. And I know Ray has as well. And part of the reason, you know, I mean, Ray does all the editing and like all props to him for getting the episodes out so quick, but he gets the episodes out the next day, the day after we film for that exact reason that this is what reality is expressing as the three of us in this moment. So it's going to be significantly more applicable to the rest of reality tomorrow, as opposed to, you know, three weeks down the line, reality's completely shifted. It's a lot different in three weeks than it is tomorrow. So it's, it's cool being able to recognize that and, and all of these things and how it just seems like someone like you has so much figured out and being able to fully and clearly articulate to us and and to others that you don't. And that's okay because that's what everyone's trying to do. Like so much of your content is career advice, work advice. It's a part of it. It's not so much of it, but a lot of people come to you for that. And especially I know a lot of kids coming into the workforce. And I know for a fact, because it's helped me a ton that it's super helpful to see someone your age in your position, be upfront and honest. And like, I don't know what I'm doing, but that's a big part of the beauty of it because so many kids getting into either going to college, ending high school, going into the workforce at the end of college, are like, I have to have things figured out. I, I need to figure this out. Everyone else seems like they have everything figured out. And so being more open and honest and vulnerable in all of those ways allows for so much more empathy and so much more connection and allows people to see themselves in you and maybe not feel so alone, not feel so separate. And so it's always through sharing that authenticity that allows us to connect because we're not being authentic. If you were to say like, you know, I do have everything figured out because so many people do that when they actually don't, it's like it disconnects yourself from reality. So just being able to be uncomfortable and uncertain is absolutely beautiful, especially in the way that you're able to articulate it on, on a day-to-day basis. I thank you. I, I mean, the one video that I have pinned is literally just me sitting at my desk saying anything that I can do, you can do better. And because I never, I never wanted this to be like, look at my stuff, look at my life. Like who gives a shit, right? Like there are plenty of people that just have these worlds that are, whether they're contrived or not, but 
it's not that's not adding any value to your point. And I feel the need to specifically like contextualize the way I would look backwards at things as well. So when someone says like, hey, how did you pivot your career at this moment? I'll explain it, but then I'll also explain how I might've arrived at that thought. And I, it usually includes a sign or a sentence along the lines of, I wasn't smart enough to see it that way then. It's only because of what I have now digested at this moment. And because you asked me, because not we're not often reflecting on our lives, especially when all of a sudden you've got several hundred thousand people that are watching things you do and asking questions and some of the awkwardness of this ongoing open forum were there to be give and take. And I find it very necessary to say, I this is just the way I, I wrap my head around it now, understanding that then it wasn't a perfect, oh, I can clearly see that this is the smartest way to go from working in live sports production to be in the marketing world. Uh, no, that's it, A, it would be disingenuous to say it that way. And I do want to make sure that there's that comfort level of it's okay to fumble your way through this, um, you know, and even even more so that, uh, you know, the my my counterparts and some of the smartest people that I know, you know, would never say that they had some sort of like specifically well-engineered plan mapped out. Um, but making the most, like the, the whole essence of what you guys talk about relative to present and the, the actual moment that we are in, basically being all that exists is is so true and if you if you look at your if you look at your career that way as well then it it makes you it forces you to into this moment of appreciation it takes away some of the things that are going to make it counterproductive for you to waste time complaining about things or uh judging yourself against others that you just become consistently like reflective of this is opportunity and the opportunity never stops because I'm always in the now and being in the now is really all that matters. And if you're okay with the now, not having a specific path, then you're going to be okay. One of the first questions that I answered on TikTok and I was shocked by the response because I'm like, this is going to sound like a really silly answer, but somebody was, I remember the guy's handle was party because I remember when I was like, party, my man, like I literally said to the kid, like said his name, to the camera as I was re responding to him. And he's like, I feel lost at, you know, something along those lines, like what do I do? And my response was, you cannot be lost if you don't know where you're going and you are not supposed to know where you are going. So therefore you are not lost. And I was pleasantly surprised to see how well that specifically did. So remember, as I said it, and then I kind of like went into some quote and rambled a little bit more after that, but it, it, it was one of those where people were like, I needed to hear this today. Like, thank you. I've never heard an adult say that before, et cetera. But it's like, wait a minute, you're telling me that you know explicitly on the map where you are going. So by definition of loss, like, you know, where you are and where you're going and somewhere within there, you're like, no, you are just here and here is where you are supposed to be. And then everything else is what you will make of it when you are doing the best with where you are in the moment. And you know, and, and I know that this is a big part of what you guys are trying to do as well, um, which is why I appreciate it so much. I think the more, I think there's just, there's so much good for your individual soul, your individual mindset, when you can become more comfortable with that. Uh, because I think it also just, it reflects on how you treat others. It reflects on how you're treating yourself. It reflects on how you're treating just even some of the, you know, very 
unnecessary things around you because then you you start to kind of pick up on nuance and detail um, and it just kind of snowballs into just I think it snowballs into progress even if it's not something that you are seeing as the moments specifically progress but just like over time be like wow how did that happen well it happened just because I, I, I was I was more present and I didn't you know I didn't allow myself to become uh, so inundated with the quote-unquote unknown which is you know, really just opportunity that you haven't walked into yet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting because we're talking about presence or, or really what we're talking about is uncertainty, which is care. It's consideration for the moment that you're in. The more uncertain you are, the more attention you tend to spend on that moment, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. And so you make different choices. And if you have a degree of clarity that life is uncertainty, then you make very careful choices. Oh, I'm not going to judge myself here. That doesn't really do anything for me. Huh? I'm not going to invest in that assumption because I know that's going to lead me farther and farther from a state of clarity. So that's the applicability. And that's why it's so interesting in this process of trying to communicate vulnerability and authenticity and the fact that we don't know what we're doing because we can't with that mentality go, this is what you need to do to change your life, or this is what you need to do to, to act more unifying. You need to go out there and be compassionate this way and this way and this way and this way. And we can't do that because that takes away from the intelligence that we're telling them they need to tap into in that uncertainty. We're giving them a structure again, right? And so it's so interesting that while this conversation is very general, as you were saying, the applicability is on the listener and it's moment to moment to moment. It's whatever it is you're doing, are you clinging to certainty? Are you clinging to, to a false idea of yourself? Are you clinging to some route that you're going down or some end result that you think is going to make you more valuable? And all of those things, that's the application. That's the process. On top of what you're doing while all of that is happening, on top of going to the gym or getting a new job or, or walking down the street when you have social anxiety, you're processing all of this stuff and that changes what you do. It changes how you respond, it changes how you act, it changes how you perceive things and others, it changes everything. But the applicability is moment to moment to moment. Am I willing to be uncertain? Right. So I, I appreciate the fact that when you communicate your day and you communicate things that you've went through, that sometimes you communicate, I didn't go the way I expected it to, or I learned this from that, or this was definitely something I, I learned from, or this is something I learned to appreciate all the time when you're talking about your family or your business or, or traveling or, or just going through the city, you're communicating not just what you're doing, but by virtue of your tone of voice, by virtue of your excitement. And, and, and again, the angles and the shots that you get, you really are communicating how much you're getting out of it, that it's important to you because of what you're getting out of it, not necessarily because of what you're doing. I think that that's the only application we can really teach people. I, we had somebody on a round table, uh, I think it was round table number six or number seven, um, Josh, and he recently wrote on a TikTok video that I made that it was only recently that he started realizing that the more he just embraced uncertainty and relaxing into being uncertain, the more insight he started to find. So this, this experience is dope because it really is that simple. It's just getting out of the way and then watching the process unfold, but not being in the present, not having that depth of attention where you are. It's kind of like trying to walk up a muddy hill without traction you're not getting anywhere, right? You need to be in the present to have any traction, to have any influence over the moment that you are. Yeah. Well, what I think is super interesting about that is that in that there's there's two things happening happening concurrently with people that are stuck. I think that there's unease with the uncertainty and then there's abuse of the certainty. 
And what I mean by that is you take for granted these micro moments that you're in. It doesn't matter if I'm kind of a shitty customer at Starbucks this morning, because I'm going to be back tomorrow. And like, this is just the moment that I'm living in. And, you know, it kind of like, it's, it's, it's all irrelevant. And I'm just kind of allowed to feel this way. To me, that's abusing the certainty that you will be back, that you get to do that again. And then at the same time, you're telling yourself, well, I'm perplexed because of the uncertainty as to where I'm going. Right. And then like, and then you're like, then you're totally fucked up because you've got this like weird Venn diagram that are actually in complete and total conflict with each other. And if you could actually understand, I mean, I, I, anytime I need to be grounded in a given moment, or if I'm going into something that I know is going to be frustrating or a conversation that I don't want to have at work or just about anything that would take you and put you in a position where you can become selfish with the way that you are reacting and responding to something. I try to flash my head. I don't know that I'm ever going to, I know that I will never, I know with certainty, I will never get this moment back. I don't know that I'm ever going to get another opportunity to make up for this moment. And that could be in the tone in which I say good morning to people in a meeting. That could be the way in which I'm handling you know, helping with homework, that could be a thousand things. And I, and I thank my wife so much for her kind of continued spirit on an ongoing basis. And especially in the times where it's, you know, it's almost like uh, a, a way to interject positivity and fun that seems like it's kind of coming out of the clear blue sky. And it's because that moment is, a, is, is an actual gift. And the more you can think about that, like, be cool with the uncertainty, just put that aside because that just exists, period. Like, let's just, you'll simplify things so much if you just say, cool, put it in a drawer, don't have to worry about it, it just is what it is. And then embrace that the only thing that is certain is to make the most of that little given opportunity. And then all of a sudden you have thousands of little touch points throughout the course of a day where you are making the most of what you were doing and what you were touching. And then that is going to come back tenfold because you're putting out positivity and, you know, turning, that's how friendships be. It's how I've started to know a guy named Noel who stands in front of a bodega at 5.45 in the morning and I walk past him and just started with a good morning. Only because he chose to actually look up and even though it was an odd time and you know, God knows what was running through both of our heads when we first started to cross paths. We're like, weird. We're basically here at the same time every day with each other. Um, and now we're friends. And it's like a fun thing to include when I'm able to see him and have a quick chat. Um, so it's so interesting how some people can kind of get stuck. And it's like they abuse each side of that certain uncertain. Um, and then and then time just gets wasted. And that's kind of the sad part of it. It's like, oh, that's just, it just sounds and and again, not because I'm so like enlightened by any stretch of the imagination, but like you you see it, you can't help but think, you know, it's just it's a bummer because you just it's you're wasting time and you're just you know it's it gets boring to a certain extent. I, my friend said once we were um, I was in Canada actually. I was at this dive bar in Toronto, and me and my friends go and hang out at the second Sunday before Christmas every year, and we were talking about a similar subject. And largely around just the doldrums that can come in any given job when you're like, I'm just sick. And he said that he was having a conversation with his wife who was, you know, venting. 
and it had been going on for a few months. And I don't know that he actually said it in this exact way to his wife because it sounds dangerous and super loaded. But he was like, this is a boring conversation. Like we've just been talking about the same thing for a while now. And I was like, okay, A, I'm just I'm not going to use that specifically if I'm talking to my wife about something, but that is a great way to specifically call out outside of just you know some of the more obvious things. It it becomes boring after a while when you don't, you know, when the when the uncertainty is something that you're clinging on to, but then you're abusing the certainty at the same time, and then you complain about it, it's just like okay, this is, is what else? Is there anything else we can talk about? Because it's just the same old stuff. Yeah, no, I, I love the way you articulated all of that. And I think it really points to the importance of intention. And obviously, as you mentioned, you're talking about two things there, basically the reality of influence and, and the reality of no control, the reality of control being a complete illusion. And as we get so caught up in, feeling that sense of certainty or that false sense of certainty, we miss out on the influence that we have over any given moment. And that's, that's our reality. Like that's what we are is the influence that we have, the action that we take, or at least it's, you know, closer to what we are than the idea we hold on to or the concept we hold on to inside of our mind. And so, you know, going to a coffee shop and, and recognizing the gravity of the impact that you have in every interaction ever, while at the same time recognizing that you have no idea what it's going to lead to. And that's okay. Like recognizing both at the same time that like on the flip side, you could have the most positive intention, the most helpful intention, and someone's been through some stuff and they don't hear you, you know, properly or the way that you intended and they bug out. You know, I'm, I'm sure we've all had plenty of videos where people don't agree with what we're saying or get triggered by what we're saying, not because we're trying to trigger anyone necessarily, but just because that's what they've been through. And as long as that intention and, and the recognition that the influence you have is all that you ever have in this moment remains true and rings true. And, and you are expressing yourself, not in a way that you're trying to, you know, necessarily bring someone down because usually that's rooted in a sense of lack. You're trying to bring people down to the place that you're feeling, but just recognizing the wholeness that you always are. And then acting accordingly is, is very powerful, but it's like both of those things happening simultaneously that while you can have the most helpful intentions in the world, you don't actually know where that's going to lead to and, you know, being okay with that. And so I did have uh, a more specific question for you, Tim. Um, so obviously your intention is to, to help and it's, it's very positive messages and it's also to be as authentic as, as you can. And I know we've had off-camera conversations about the way you see the world and, and your sometimes controversial opinions on things. Has there ever been a time with content or, or something you're experiencing where maybe because of the situation you're in, the responsibilities you have, the corporate job that you have, you've wanted to share certain things and you haven't because of that sensitivity to, you know, people kind of see your content as like objectively wholesome. Like there's probably people out there who think it's the most wholesome content on the internet. And I know that while you're not, not always, I don't mean to say like, you're not always a wholesome guy, but like mm -hmm. you have 
maybe semi-controversial opinions on certain things. And I know we've talked before about certain video ideas that, that you have. So I guess long story short, are you, do you sometimes feel because of those external circumstances that you can't share as much online as you would in person? How do you feel about that? And do you see yourself maybe pushing to, to throw a little bit more controversy out there because it's true to you? Yes, yes, and yes. Every single day I stuff things into the bottle that just kind of go into the, I'll probably forget about it by the time I have an opportunity to talk about it. There are some things that I try to snapshot as best possible because I'm like, this is such a teachable moment, but I can't talk about it because it just happened in a meeting today. And I'm going to feel be like, what the fuck, man? Like <laughs> that was, uh, that was obviously our meeting yesterday. You can't do that. And, and it's already there, there are elements about it, especially in a work environment with that kind of very large team that is that I'm responsible for. And that that requires a filter. And the filter is basically every day now. Like I was actually a bit more open about how my schedule flowed and what happened during the workday. And then I just started to glaze over it a little bit because of the sensitivities in that space and not wanting to come across as preacher judgy to the people that I work with, because obviously that's, it's, you know, extraordinarily important because it's their livelihoods and it's how they walk into the office. And while my intentions would always be positive or I would have broader intentions relative to, there was this teachable moment, there was this thing that happened today. And I would like to talk about it or call it out because, you know, a person is stuck in a situation and it was the same old conversation again, or this, meeting in which there were two personalities that were conflicting and I was so close to just saying I'm sorry this is not working click hang up on the webinar things like that that are would be that would do quite well like from a soap opera perspective it's my god the content is just never ending but it's not it's counterproductive in the short term I do intend it I'm trying to be smart about at least digesting and taking notes, so to speak, of where I see patterns, especially as it relates to self-awareness, that I think can be really, really helpful in much broader context when the time is right. And I think I know what you're talking about relative to like some of the videos that I've been, mean, I've shared some things with you, like, hey, what do you think? And uh, like you and Marcus Melione are a couple of people that I've sent some things to as like a preview. And there was one in particular, both who were like, uh, you might get roasted for this. Um, but there, there are, because there's this ongoing dialogue in corporate America, and maybe it's not even a dialogue, it might just be a monologue at this point, about culture. And I would say that corporate America has this like marketing problem in that it's all of us, right? Like it's just other people. And yet I think there's this broader assumption that it is, and yes, there are a small group of people take the fortune 500 companies and the top 20 people at each company, you get, you know, 10,000 people or so it's like, okay, yeah, small population across the board. But if you, you know, if you, if you think about more broadly, how many people are in there, you know, it's, we are like perpetuating this, you know, the, like the, the broken window uh, perspective is on policing where it's like, you try to, stop the smaller offenses and that allows you to then stem off some of the bigger offenses and the violent offenses beforehand. It, corporate America has this like 
terrible broken window syndrome where we are okay every single day being kind of shitty enough to each other where it's tolerated and it's just like, oh, well, this is work and like we do these things. And, but it's like, no, that's, that leads to mental health issues that leads to abusive substances that leads to bad homes. Like, and, and yet we, and so when I see people who are making content that are trying to create this specific shutoff, look, I fully believe in work-life balance. And I know that a lot of stuff that I post does not exactly look that way, but I'm trying to run to the front of the line to slow it down. That's like the, the, the line that I use when people are like, because I know that I can help make things easier for a lot of people within my team, especially, but then within my department more broadly. If I'm the first one to say, hey, I had a chance to check this out over the weekend, like now you've got a running start on a Monday morning because you've got the feedback and you're not going to be waiting for me. And the there was one post by the, the, the I know you're, I don't know if you're specifically friends with her, or you guys are just kind of like friends on TikTok. Um, and she recently put something up that was like, hey, friendly reminder, your paycheck doesn't change if you think about work over the weekend. And she does it like, and she's so smart and her delivery is excellent. Like I appreciate the way that it comes across. But I remember thinking, true, but if I think about it, it can help other people's paychecks. And that's what people don't like. I'm, they're missing this broader opportunity. And I try to say, and it's some of the most, least popular content that I've made, where I try to say like, if you if you have issue with things that are happening in society right now, or if you think that bigger companies have a, you know, over have like over indexed on the amount of impact that they have on your lives, the best way to impact that is to then be inside them and help change it. Like if you're just like pointing, it's same as anything else in life. If you just point and complain, nothing's going to change. You have to actually do the work to be able to see change. So there are things along these lines that may not necessarily be wholesome. And I, I appreciate the fact that I've had some opportunities. LinkedIn has been bananas from a direct message perspective, like completely unmanageable. Same, and I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm sure in the same spot with uh, with Instagram, where it's like there's it's just completely unfathomable for a single human being to be able to get through all those messages. Every once in a while I'll grab one and I'll try to take time to have some one-on-one -on -one conversations because I want some of this stuff to be, especially those like, hey, I want to grow this, I want to do that. A, I just like the one-to-one -one dialogue. How helpful can I be in a 30-minute conversation with somebody that I know, like I know one question that they might have, but like, how can I turn that into something that they're going to walk away and be like, shit, I got my head screwed on completely different now. And in those, I'll give more of this type of candid response. We're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about how I should go in and, you know, ask for a raise or things along those lines. And like, let's, let's back up for a second, like, and try to put a completely different spin on the conversation and tell people things that they probably do not want to hear. In fact, the, some of the stuff that I put in my, I've got a Dropbox folder that has like these career tips and tricks and, you know, things like around asking for a raise, um, you know, how to deal with anger at work and those things. It allows me to be a bit more specific into some of those places where it, it's not going to come across like a lecture, but A, it's just not like that quote unquote wholesome uh, approach, but I think it's where it can be the most helpful, you know, especially as people start to, you get in and you, you, you're, you're 
questioning all of these angles about the broader workforce, pay discrepancy, hours, the stress, all that kind of good stuff. And, but if you take a step back and you take a breath and you start to understand, A, if I just talk about it, it's not, nothing is going to change. So if I'm standing at the water cooler, it's like, uh, I can't believe there's reports we got to do again this week, blah, 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 blah. Okay, got it. No shit. Like there's a lot of stuff that is just not fun about, you know, a day in and day out job. But if it's, if it's not that, like, have you, have, what's, so how would you do it differently? You know, I work for a hundred thousand person company. So a lot of things that get brought up, I, and if it's, especially if it's something I said a couple of times, I'm like, do you know how difficult it is to create a single process across the board for expense reports that a hundred thousand people have to then adhere to? And then how you actually manage that and do it well and have the company be profitable. This is all extraordinarily complicated. And it's just other people, just like you and I, they may seem like these faces, you know, whomever's in these different spaces, but they have kids like, you know, as we were, especially as we were going through COVID and there were so many questions about, you know, working from home differently. It's like, do you not, do you not think that the person that made that decision was grappling with this from their own personal perspective too? And I think when you, when you're able to be more open to even that general concept of this is not easy for anybody, same as you were saying before, like none of us had to have this all figured out. This is not easy for anybody. Look, there's some, definitely there's some shitty people in, in companies, but a lot of it is just kind of misguided or it's anger that it's only coming out because they just don't have control over a situation and their fear of not having control of the situation leads to anger. But when you're comfortable, like stopping and digesting that, I think you start to understand like, oh, I have more control and I can kind of like sneak around a little bit, not sneak around, but I can like play, you know, play on the periphery and just observe and then be able to have the impact that I want to have and understand that that's my choice and that you are choosing to feel that way. You are choosing to feel trapped. You're choosing to just decide that, oh, this is out of my control because corporate said blah, 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 because you chose to, or you chose to stay. But that's that that is on you. So yeah, there's a ton of stuff in that space where, you know, in uh, in in time, you know, who knows? But since I have no idea where any of this is going, and all I care about is making the most of every you know opportunity, opportunity by opportunity, um, I'm I'm good with it for now. I try to bite my tongue and be smart, and still be able to put stuff out there that's like, if you want to dive deeper, here's stuff. Here's a whole folder of things. And it's not controversial by any stretch of imagination, but it's probably not a lot of stuff that people want to acknowledge because they think it should be easier. There's going to be like some true cheat sheet. No, the cheat sheet is going to say, you just need to look at things differently and be more open to the fact that it is going to continue to be hard. Um, and so I try to strike a balance in that regard so that I can feel like, I'll just be weird and tell you that I ate a protein bar out of the garbage. Then yeah, if you want to go down the rabbit hole of the really hardcore corporate stuff, I'll I'll put it out there because they deserve the they deserve the perspective too, right? This the ones that are skeptical deserves perspective from other skeptics because I think that they're the ones that can impact the most change. Ray, I've told this to uh, Andrew. I, I I I'm certain that at some point someone's going to call him and be like, "Hey, we need you to come back to the states, wherever the hell he's going to be when this happens, and like come run this large department for us." because of the general acumen that he brings to the table, the, the people skills, the approach and demeanor, and obviously the sensibilities that he has based off of, you know, what he's already learned in the workforce. Like, 
to me, there are, while a lot of other people would be like, wow, that is a really weird thing for him to say, especially if they know my stuff. Andrew has C-level various elements about him that I think would actually bode well at a lot of larger companies. And my my hunch is at some point he gets a call and it's like, hey, we want you to, and he's gonna be like, really, you want me to do that that big job? But um, I, I think that that's what's gonna happen at some point. I would totally agree. Uh, Andrew brings a lot to the table in terms of clarity and empathy and, and uh, intention for sure. And of course he's really personable and easy to get along with. And so that makes him an asset to pretty much any team. But what's interesting is that the way that you perceive the people that you work with or, or the organization that you work within is the way I perceive the world. It's the way I perceive everybody that, you know, it, it's like, here, I'll give you a little bit that, that's easy to, to, to deal with. If you want to go deeper, cool, but I don't need to because the ripple is enough, right? Like, it's like that balance between selfishness and selflessness. Take care of yourself, sure, but start to recognize when giving into that urge to complain actually drops the mood and, and the intensity of everybody around you actually making your life harder Right. So you have to see beyond your selfishness to recognize, oh, it's still selfishness, but it's in a more selfless way. Right. Because we're all one. We're all one organism. We're all one awareness. And so we're always teaching one another to learn from ourselves, or at least that's the way I thought about it this weekend. That I can't teach anyone, but I can be a good example of how they can learn from themselves. And that's pretty much it. And then in doing that, they make a different Im impact. They cause different ripples. But as soon as we start to focus on the end result, the way that we want the pond to look when we're done, the ripples change. The nature of the ripples change. They become more intense. They become more desperate. They become more chaotic, right? If we want the pond to be calmer, we have to be more calm. If we want the, the pond to be peaceful, we have to be peace, right? So I think it's really interesting that the way that you're looking at the structure that you work within is exactly the way that we tend to look at humanity as a whole, not just humanity, but life as a whole. It's, it's always about the ripples that we're creating. And it's always about how those ripples continue on through all the other versions of us. So I love, I love your view of, of how things are progressing. And I also love the fact that you're looking at it through a lens of patience. Yeah, it's a little incremental differences, right? Like it's the, and it's the in incremental differences. And it's, it's, it's why I think the social space is so interesting because we could all be saying basically the same broader message, but it's going to be in this very just detailed essence of how it's being explained. Like someone could hear the ripple analogy and be like, I got it. And they could have heard that 50 other ways from 50 other people trying to get to the same point. But the ripple analogy was finally the thing that got there. And I think that that's, that's kind of what's fun about all this as well is that, you know, just, you know, I, I was listening to Simon Sinek, and he was having an interview with somebody that was like the head of all of Virgin America's not-for-profits. And she was talking about how the ability to create alignment and partnership was really the key to success in her mind. That if you took a look at like the global CEOs or just people that have done amazing things in general, a lot of it was because of partnerships and how people approach things. And one element in particular about that was, she said, well, just walk into a room and pretend that you don't, you, that your answer is wrong. And how is that going to change the conversation? You know, you think about that in relationships, you think about that in the workforce, think about the friendships that, you know, but if you said that way, or don't always assume that you're right, or, you know, you could say it to somebody that is going to be a bit more abstract and just kind of bored with the conversation to begin with and be like, 
Just imagine that you're baked and you're always paranoid. Would you just approach things maybe slightly differently, right? And basically all of those things are trying to get to the same end result. But you got some people be like, oh yes, no, that, that is very, and then you could have some people be like, whoa, man, I never thought about it. So you tell me I got C-level skills? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you walk in and you are open-minded, and maybe you're a little bit paranoid that you don't always have all of the answers and you're willing to just try to find middle ground and your curiosity is going to lead you to interesting places and conversations, then yeah, that's cool. And if it get, you know, if you got there through, you know, one of 10 different analogies and any of those things that we just put on the table, um, it's just, it's a, it's a matter of, it's a matter of breaking through. And, and that's, again, that's kind of what makes all of this fun because you don't know, you don't know what's going to have that type of impact. You're like, oh, wow, I that was just something that I made up. I can't believe that like all of a sudden people are like, man, that changed everything the way that it looks. It's like, okay, cool. But that's that's why we have these conversations, right? Yeah, absolutely. We never truly know. And and I, I know for some of my messages that I've put out there, like I've come very close to deleting a video that ended up going viral. And it just goes to show that like you have no idea how it's going to be felt or, or impacted. And I think the closer we can get to authentically expressing ourselves, be it, you know, a quote unquote positive piece of advice or, you know, how we're really feeling and something we're struggling with, it'll, it'll allow for that connection to people. And there's something I, I heard you talk about on a previous podcast this, this past week, talking about when someone, you know, they judge you or they say something negative about you, you don't necessarily jump to a conclusion. You don't assume that they're wrong, but you also don't assume that they're right. And it's like, that's all this shit ever comes down to. Like the, the constant state of curiosity, the constant state of questioning. And we say this a lot, but like the answer is never going to be as important as the continued state of questioning, as the continued process of questioning. And so just remaining in that mentality and embodying that mentality and, and continuing to move forward, continuing to put shit out, continuing to express yourself in the mediums that we have available right now. It's just that social media and podcasts and videos is a super easy way to express all of those things. And if you can do it in a state of curiosity throughout all of it, but continued process and, and progressing through things and, and continuing to put shit out there, like that's kind of the, the, uh, I don't want to say formula, but like the the lack of formula formula is remaining uncertain and continuing to do shit. It's like those two things, action and the mentality of, of being okay with uncertainty and, and recognizing that, you know, just because, and this comes back to seeing yourself in everyone else, whether someone necessarily recognizes it or not, is not looking up or down to anyone or, you know, looking up to everyone in, in the way of like, understanding you can learn something from everyone and remaining in that state. It's like you never jumped to that initial like reaction because you're holding on to this idea of yourself, this sort of shield that you are trying to defend at all costs. So when someone does say something negative or even sometimes people get triggered when they get a piece of advice, they're like, Oh, does that mean I'm not, I'm not enough. Does that mean I'm lacking? And it's like, no, this person's actually trying to help you. And so it's really cool to talk to people and communicate with people, especially people in who are seen in technically, according to our society, like a position of power, like you have a massive team underneath you and you're able to keep that mentality of, of recognizing that the entry level person who just started, they're 22 years old, like you can still learn a lot from that person. 
is really cool to see. And I'm, I'm very grateful. You know, there's people out there in corporate America continuing to do that, like knowing that because so often we get so caught up in needing to defend that idea of ourselves that we don't allow for that. We don't allow for that ability to learn from anyone. And, and as Ray said, it's the same exact thing that we're doing here and recognizing that, you know, whether you're in corporate America, you are the company, you are the company that you're complaining about and, and worrying. So really you're just complaining about yourself because it's a broader mentality that is being embodied in every single individual in that company, no differently than we are reality. You know, you're complaining about the way reality is look within, start within you don't, in order to change the world, the only thing you ever have to do is change yourself in order to change the company. The only thing you ever have to do is change yourself. And through that, the amount of ripples that you express and, and impact you don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to continue to be, and it will have an impact because even seeing someone in the hallway and, and giving a, you know, wave and hello and a smile, like that could, that, that little thing that you do is echoes for eternity for all of eternity, because that person, all of a sudden they have a little bit more pep in their step. All of a sudden they have a different perspective of the meeting they go into. They're not complaining going into it. They have you know, a, a desire for curiosity. It's the same with anything else in reality, like the messages we share, the, the people we talk to, it's always impacting each other. And so recognizing the gravity of the influence that you do have, while also recognizing that you have no fucking idea where it's going to lead is the balance right there. And if you can keep that in mind, like you'll be okay. As long as you keep moving forward, keep doing shit, like things, things will, work out as they always do. A thousand percent. Yeah. Tell, tell me more about that is probably one of my favorite responses to just about anything in the world. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because when we think about our collective nature or the collective awareness of all of humanity working together, what we're really talking about when we, when we talk about relationship or sensitivity or being present is increasing our neuroplasticity collectively. We're really just talking about allowing our collective mind to work as one more efficiently so we can have more insights collectively and continue to change. That's all we're doing is basically greasing the wheels of the machine we've always been that's kind of ground to a halt because of our assumptions, because of our, our, our urge to stagnate, because of our fear of what that machine might be capable of if we actually just trusted ourselves rather than some obscure figure behind the curtain who says, don't worry, I've got this, just, just follow my lead, right? So we'd all have to be more responsible which is a big part of changing the structure that we're a part of, or a big part of changing the organism we're a part of, is taking that responsibility, not just saying, oh, it's, it's my boss's responsibility to make the team work better together because he gets paid the big bucks and I don't get paid enough. To, it's like, right, but you know, if everybody's doing better, if the whole company's profiting and everybody's, you know, all the customers are happier, then everybody benefits. Everybody benefits, but we lack that, that long-term view. We're very short-sighted. And it's only because, again, we've been taught to identify. We've been taught to think about ourselves quite simply. And in that, we immediately limit ourselves into this small version that we're afraid won't be able to adapt to life, even though we are life, as soon as we let go of that small version. So all of that said, we do have to come up to the end of our episode here very shortly. But I did want to say, Tim, I'm really grateful that you joined us on this episode today. I've never had a chance to connect with you before. It's been a fun conversation. I really hope that I do get a chance to meet you in person one day. If you ever get a chance, 
definitely join us at one of our retreats. Uh, to our dear listener, if you don't already know, we are having a retreat coming up on November 12th in Port Alberni, Canada on Vancouver Island. It's going to be eight days. We have a chef. We're going to have uh, group yoga. There's some massage therapy. There's all kinds of fun. It's going to be amazing. And more importantly, we're going to be able to sit down and talk about this conversation, develop some sensitivity and really appreciate the moment that we're in. So that way, the ripples that we continue to bring with us after the retreat affect the rest of the world, because that's what we're doing all the time. So that's very much the focus of this retreat. Tim, thank you again. It has been an absolute pleasure. I'll pass it back to Andrew before we wrap up. Absolutely. Yeah, Tim, fucking love you, man. And for the retreat, I think you and Kelly would really enjoy coming to one, be it in Port Alberni or potentially around this time next year, we're thinking Amsterdam. So I know, I know you like, uh, like Amsterdam. So two of my favorite, two of my favorite countries, Canada and the Netherlands. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. But all that being said, really appreciate you coming on. I know you're a busy dude and I really, really appreciate what you were able to bring to this episode and the point of view you were able to share and just your continued ability to remain comfortable in that state of uncertainty and, and continue putting yourself out there and expressing yourself authentically. It's what the world as us needs right now. And there's no one who does it better than you. Andrew, thank you so much, my friend. Love you too, brother. This is uh, this has been a treat. Uh, Ray, I'll hopefully see you uh, in Canada, but um, no, this is this has been awesome. Really appreciate you guys having me on today. Likewise, I'm sure that we will cross paths, no doubt. I just wanted to say in closing that while we don't know necessarily what the ripple will do, because we are the ripple, at least we know its nature, and that's enough. So. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 15. We will see you next week for episode 16 and of course, roundtable number eight. Thank you, everyone. Bye, everyone.